You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. When they Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 150. Today's reading is from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Today's reading is appointed for Thomas Sunday, which we just heard at Divine Liturgy this past Sunday, but it's also part of the regular cycle of gospel readings for Sunday Matins. So this is a passage that we hear with regularity uh, throughout the year. So as we begin, I'd like to focus on Verses 21 through 23, which I'll read again. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Father, would you comment on the significance of the disciples uh, receiving the Holy Spirit as well as the authority given to them to forgive sins? Yeah, there's a, a lot to unpack here, so I'll try to deal with one thing at a time. First, as you mentioned, this reading is, is one of the 11 resurrectional Gospels from which we read throughout the year at the Sunday Matin service. But in addition to that, we have this reading at the Agape Vesper service on Pascha. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with that service, the Agape Vesper service is the service that we have on Easter afternoon, it's the first service that we celebrate after the Easter service itself in the Orthodox Church. And again, this is also the reading appointed for that service. So if you want, we can talk about uh, some of the significance of the placement of these readings here in our lectionary and our cycle of readings. But for now, I will move on uh, to the specific verses that you mentioned. Yeah, and if, if you could begin by explaining the first of the two quotes of Jesus, the first being, As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. One of my biggest criticisms of modern-day Christians, and by this I mean Christians from among all different denominations and branches, 
is the tendency to individualize the gospel. And of course, here in the United States, I think it's an even bigger temptation for Christians to do that. And I should even state most of us uh, do this implicitly, certainly not with any ill intent or oftentimes not even with a recognition that we're doing it because our society tends to focus more on the individual than on the family or the broader community. Maybe uh, you can explain a little more what you mean by individualizing the gospel. Yeah, yeah, of course. What I mean is that the gospel, all the New Testament as well as the Old, is written to specific communities, as is the case with the epistles, or to the broader community of Israel in, in most of the Old Testament. In the case of the Gospels themselves, or even Paul's letter to the Romans, you have an even more explicitly broad invitation to all peoples, to all communities. Today, however, we tend to see the Gospel as though it was written to us as individuals, and that can be problematic. And how so, Father? Well, the gospel is not about a personal relationship that we as individuals have with Jesus. Rather, the gospel is about how God behaved towards us and therefore how we ought to behave towards and interact with others. So the gospel is never just to us, as though it stops there, but it's to us to impact everything that we do in our lives and most especially how we treat others. And those familiar with our podcast and my preaching in general will recognize this theme, which is found throughout Scripture, as we often say, because God was merciful to us, therefore we are called to be merciful to others. And as we say in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we are forgiving those who trespass against us. In other words, the gospel and its implications of forgiveness and mercy and reconciliation never stop with us, the individual. The acceptance of the gospel proclamation requires that we, in accepting Jesus' sacrifice for us and God's mercy shown to us, pay forward that same mercy. So to connect this back to today's reading, Jesus tells his disciples that even as the Father sent him, even so Jesus sends them. The gospel must continue progressing. The gospel cannot stop. We cannot hear the message and hoard it unto ourselves. We must proclaim it not only in word, but most especially in deed, by the way that we treat and interact with those around us. That's a very helpful explanation, Father. Thank you. And continuing right on after Jesus telling his disciples he is sending them out, he says, quote, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Are these two things, uh, them, uh, the sending them out and the forgiving of sins, connected? And if, if so, how should we understand this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're connected. And it's extremely important because you can see from this that Jesus' primary aim is the forgiveness of sins. Or to put it differently, Jesus' mission is the reconciliation of all people to God and also to one another. His mission from God was to unite those who had been divided from God, but also those who were divided from one another, which in the context of the gospel, of course, means the reunion of the Jew and the Gentile, and the Gentile biblically meaning essentially uh, anyone who is not Jew, so a reconciliation of the Jew and the non-Jew. But as I mentioned earlier, so you see by this statement of Jesus about forgiving sins, how the gospel functions. Jesus forgives and reconciles the disciples so that they can go out and continue his work 
of forgiving others and reconciling them to God's covenant community. It's never, I have forgiven you, congratulations, you're all set. No, that's not the way it works in the Bible. It's, I've forgiven you, so now you go out and forgive and reconcile others. It's really good to see that connection, Father, and I appreciate you elaborating on this for us. And so far, your focus has been on the first part of Jesus' statement to the disciples about forgiving sins. And he goes on to say in the second part that if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And how should we understand this? Well, yeah, great point. And I think the way to understand that is is always in light of what the first part means, which again is the idea that by God's own grace, by God's own doing, you have been granted forgiveness and reconciliation, and therefore you go forward and offer, as we said, the same to others. However, some people will not accept this gospel proposition. Instead, some believe that they can earn their own righteousness, and these people are akin to the Pharisees in the gospel who believe that they could attain their own righteousness by following a set of ultimately what were complex and, and burdensome laws. And if they did this reasonably well, I mean, we know that no one besides Jesus did it perfectly, but if they did it reasonably well, at least in their estimation, uh, they believe they had the right to look down on others who struggled in life or who found uh, these laws to be overly burdensome. And so if they're not willing to accept God's mercy and God's righteousness at the expense of their own, then their sins will be retained. Others, like I mentioned, uh, tend to be a problem today with modern Christians. They want to accept God's grace for themselves, but do not share and multiply this grace with others. And these are like the man who received that one talent in the parable. He went and buried that talent in the ground, and he showed it to his master when the master returned uh, for his servants to give an accounting. Well, what happened with this man? He was condemned, and that talent was taken from him and given to the others. So it will be with the one who claims God's forgiveness for him or herself, but who doesn't show that same forgiveness to others. Their sin is retained. So this is what Jesus is communicating to his disciples, those who are willing to accept and to share Jesus' forgiveness with others. Their sin will be forgiven, and those who reject this approach their sin will be retained. Very good, Father. Thank you. So to conclude today, I want to move to later in today's reading where in verses 28 and 29, we see Thomas's conversion from doubt to faith and his confession of Jesus as my Lord and my God. And then Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. What should we take away from this encounter and Jesus' statement here, Father? Well, I think it gets back to what I said at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Notice that the church appoints this reading uh, that we had today on our podcast for the Agape Vespers service on Pascha afternoon, as you discussed, as well as uh, for the first Sunday after Pascha. As I've noted in past sermons, including uh, this past Sunday at our parish, if you listen to the narrative of the scriptural story, it's unmistakable, and and not just the, the scriptural narrative, but the way that the church puts it together. This story is a critique about the disciples, which is to say that this story is a critique about any of us believers, and the critique is that despite hearing the preaching of Jesus, we doubt, and, and the problem with doubt is not so much that we doubt the resurrection. No, the, the problem is that like Thomas, we doubted Christ in the crucifixion. And what do you mean by that? 
Uh, what I mean is that we should recognize Jesus as the Christ in the crucifixion itself. It shouldn't take the resurrection for us to see him as the Messiah, as the one sent from God. It is in his taking on the shame of this world, in his complete humbling of himself, that he shows us the true God. It's in the crucifixion that he upends the thinking of this world and offers us a path that is so contrary to existing on our mere biological level, and he shows us what it means uh, to be created in the image and likeness of God, to be able to transcend that mere biological level. And notice that in uh, Orthodox iconography, it's not in the resurrection icon, but in the crucifixion icon that the words are written describing him as the king of glory. The glory, again, is in Jesus taking upon himself all the suffering and the shame and the hurt of this world and transforming it in that ultimate act of love, the ultimate act of emptying oneself for the sake of others. And then just to conclude, I, I point out uh, one of my favorite passages, the Roman centurion, that soldier who was there occupying Jerusalem on behalf of the Romans as the enemy of the local Jews, including Jesus, that person, that outsider, that enemy is the only one in the gospel who recognizes the crucified Jesus as the Christ. So to put it simply, the gospel is challenging us and, and the church in its placement of these readings is challenging us. Will we recognize Jesus in the poor and the needy and the outcast and the despised and the humiliated? Or will we only recognize him when he comes to judge? And I hope it's the former, because if we do not recognize him there in the, in the poor and the needy, the outcast, the despised, the humble, then he will not recognize us to be seated in favor at his right hand. Thank you, Father. Today's episode focused on a reading we hear throughout the liturgical year from John 20. Father Aaron began by addressing the tendency of modern Christians, and especially those here in the U.S., to individualize the gospel. In other words, treating the gospel as though it was written to us as individuals rather than to all peoples. This can be problematic as it has led many to believe that the gospel message is about a personal relationship with Jesus. But the gospel is about how God behaved towards us, and therefore how we should behave and interact with others. Taken a step further, the gospel and its implications of forgiveness, mercy, and reconciliation do not stop with us individually. Rather, the gospel requires that we pass on the same mercy God has shown us to others. And just as God the Father sent his Son, and Jesus then sends his disciples, so too must we continue progressing the gospel message. We cannot hoard it for ourselves. It must be proclaimed in word, but most especially by our actions. Father later went on to explain Jesus giving his disciples the power to forgive sins as well as retain them. In forgiveness, Jesus seeks the reconciliation of all people to God and to one another. But what about those who are not willing to accept God's mercy and righteousness at the expense of their own? And what about those who claim forgiveness for themselves but do not show the same forgiveness to others? their sins will be retained. Finally, Father stressed the importance of recognizing Jesus as the Christ in his crucifixion rather than his resurrection. Just as the Roman centurion recognized Jesus as the Christ at his crucifixion, we must be prepared to recognize Christ in the poor and needy, the outcast and the despised. 
Our failure to do so will bring us condemnation when we stand before Christ at his judgment seat. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God. O our God and our hope, glory to thee.